Welcome back to the podcast series from Square Mile, Behind the Screens, hosted by me, Jock Glover, Strategic Relationships Director here at Square Mile Investment Consulting and Research. In this series of podcasts, we meet members of the investment teams from across the asset management industry whose funds we rate and dig down a bit into their thinking. This week, our guest is Diana Phillip. She's an investment specialist for the £2.5 billion Bailey Gifford Positive Change Fund, which aims to outperform the MSCI ACWI index by 2% per annum over rolling five-year periods while investing in companies which are helping to solve a social or environmental issue. And our analysts here have awarded it a responsible A rating in the Academy of Funds, and it also has a gold 3D investing rating. Diana, welcome. Thank you, Jock. Great to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Do you know, last week's uh, podcast, we started at the west end of Princess Street with Amati, and we're now at the east end with Bailey Gifford. So uh, we'll see where we can go next down Leith Walk, perhaps, for, for the next week. Excellent. Now, listen, uh, the the fund itself, £2.5 billion size fund, it's run by quite a sizable team of managers at Bailey Gifford. How do the teams split their day in terms of morning meetings, research meetings, meeting managers and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's it's a great question, Jock. And I'd start by saying that there is a huge amount of variety to the average working day or week is first and foremost an analyst. So what I mean by that is that the majority of an average day is spent on research and analysis of companies. Um, now, of course, the volatility and uncertainty that have really characterized markets of late can be quite distracting. And I think that this is when the sense of purpose that is provided by the dual objectives in positive change gives us a real advantage. And the dual objectives can be seen as a real guiding light for the team in times that can sometimes feel quite chaotic. But I suppose taking a, a step back, um, when we think about this more uncertain backdrop, the team in their average day and week have really remained focused on assessing the long-term opportunity for portfolio holdings and what this tighter monetary policy may mean uh, for the long-term prospects of companies that are in the portfolio. We are also very much still focused on the big structural trends and the technological shifts that are really driving positive change. So the normal day will very much be a combination of desk-based research, but also getting out and, and traveling. If I think about just uh, the last year, for example, the team have traveled anywhere from Copenhagen to San Diego, from Rio de Janeiro to Tokyo. And I think this is going to be a really great way to be able to help um, identify where the volatility is really creating opportunity both within the existing portfolio, but also to help us identify new ideas for the fund. Sorry, let me just jump in there. So that's interesting. So um, we talked to, you, you talked there about um, how they research is absolutely the bedrock of what they're doing. They're all analysts at heart, even though they're also named portfolio managers. Um, mm. And I guess 
the, the key thing there that you said that was the volatility and the ongoing change of the backdrop that had of what we had for the last five, six, seven, eight years. I mean, last year was a tough year for um, both responsible strategies, particularly if they had a growth bias. Uh, and this portfolio uh, was hit, I guess, by a bit of a double whammy there, where you had some quite growthy type investments in the in the portfolio. Um, and it's obviously got that responsible edge to it. So, so the turnover is quite low in the portfolio. I think twenty percentish or thereabouts on on a normal year. So that those opportunities you're talking about in the future, what would make people, what would make the team change their thinking in terms of their positioning with some of their ideas? Yeah. So um, as you say, we are very long term in our investment and impact horizon. Um, portfolio is below twenty percent. We tend to hold uh, companies for five years and longer. But we are very careful at monitoring all of the companies on an ongoing basis through research and engagement with management teams. Now, of course, it's inevitable that companies are going to have setbacks. We can be happy to continue to hold these companies even through these periods of short-term operational weaknesses, but if we are seeing longer longer term concerns that are developing that maybe aren't being addressed by management or if we are detecting a deterioration in the fundamental investment or impact case then we could also sell a holding due to those circumstances too um i also uh, would say that we would sell a company if it had performed as we'd expected and the investment or the impact case has played out over the long term. So we would also sell for that reason too. So so the investment case, you guys got a price target on it or or similar. And then for the impact case, how do you how do you measure those those two factors in terms of whether you've delivered or not or the companies have delivered? No, we don't have a, a price target jock. Each holding that enters the portfolio must meet the dual objectives that we have within the strategy, and that is to deliver attractive long-term investment returns and to contribute towards a more sustainable and inclusive world. And we will monitor holdings based on both of those objectives over the longer term. And if a so if a company fails to deliver on one of them, it's at risk of being booted out. Absolutely. So this applies both for inclusion within the portfolio and also if we choose to sell a holding. Every company in the portfolio must contribute towards both objectives. If a company is doing something that's beneficial for the world, but we can't see its ability to deliver attractive investment returns, then we won't invest and vice versa. And the same can be said when we choose to sell a holding. Okay, great. And um, so within the portfolio itself, could you give us a couple of examples of holdings in terms of why they're a good um, financial uh, buy in terms of the, 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 the financial objectives and then what the impact side of it is, just to, uh, so that people get a flavour of the, the sort of things that you've got in the portfolio and why. We manage a concentrated global equity strategy of exceptional businesses. All of these companies are providing solutions to global challenges. 
And all of the holdings, as I've said, have to contribute to both of our objectives of gen generating attractive financial returns and contributing to a more inclusive and sustainable world. The portfolio is a concentrated portfolio. We're really looking to invest in the best companies, not to screen out the worst ones. And today we've currently got 34 holdings in the portfolio and the hurdle to enter the portfolio is very high. Uh, we bought a holding called Remitly at the end of 2022. Uh, this is an interesting holding as it falls within the base of the pyramid theme within the portfolio. This theme is looking to address the needs of those at the very bottom of the global income ladder. Um, Remitly is a mobile platform business that allows people to send remittances home. Their core market is very much uh, targeted towards immigrants that are working overseas who are remitting their money back home. Now, what's interesting here from an impact perspective is the amount of money that's remitted every year is greater than the full amount of foreign aid. And the money that is remitted is used for things like food, for shelter, education costs. And there's a really good incentive to use Remitly services. It's cheaper than the incumbents, but it's also more efficient and it's easier to do. Um, they currently only have about one to two percent of the global remittance market only. So we're really encouraged that what they're offering is an improvement on the status quo, but we can also see the pathway to growth over the long term. So hopefully that really demonstrates the dual objective in action and how impact and investment returns can play into the investment case of a holding that we may purchase for the portfolio. That's brilliant. That's really interesting, really helpful. Thank you. I suppose the flip side of the coin is what is it that keeps the uh, the team awake at night? What is it that worries me? Running a concentrated portfolio, five odd stocks. Um, what what's what market conditions? And and let's be honest, the last eighteen months we've seen all sorts of exciting market conditions. What is it that keeps them awake at night the most? Well, I think given that we are focused on the long term, we really try to look through the noise of market conditions as much as possible. But one thing I would draw out that uh, we have had multiple discussions and conversations about is the regulatory backdrop. That is something that is increasingly challenging to navigate. And we have had many deliberations about it. Um, we are in a really fortunate position with positive change. We've got our dual objective. Uh, we have impact analysts that are embedded within the team and the decision-making process. And we've also got a really rigorous approach to monitoring and reporting on impact. But we're really very aware that the regulatory landscape is rapidly evolving and sadly, it isn't very joined up globally. So we really want to make sure that we are navigating that in the best way possible, that we are on the front foot. Uh, 
but also very much keeping our clients' interests front and centre of mind. So, so the challenge you're talking about there is that it, in Europe, if you had a European version of this strategy, SFDR, an Article 9 fund, doesn't have the same requirements or um, definitions as the uh, proposed SDR um, sustainable impact strategy uh, or label, for example, in the UK. Indeed, indeed. And it's it's still a situation that is evolving and uh, neither the European nor the UK regulations are fully set in stone yet. And we have seen numerous changes, numerous evolutions, uh, particularly in Europe, uh, since uh, SFDR was first mooted. So that has involved a tremendous amount of work from our compliance team to make sure that we're, we're categorised for full transparency as an Article 9 fund for SFDR purposes, that we are meeting and indeed exceeding the requirements there. Brilliant. Okay. Um I'm conscious of time, so we're going to go with um, one final question, I think, for you. You're obviously a, a, a shop, Bailey Gifford, who's known for taking a long-term view, trying to find gems of the future. What do you see as a, a future opportunity uh, for a positive impact investor like yourselves, uh, looking further out than perhaps the next year or so? So I would say that Against the backdrop that we've seen more recently, it's been really important that we are maintaining a course that is absolutely true to our core philosophy. I'd say that much of the recent work of the team and and indeed the upcoming work involves a very rich pipeline of new investment ideas. Um, For example, in, in February, one of the portfolio managers was out in India and that really helped to further our work on understanding some of the challenges around access to healthcare in India and also some of the progress that's being made on financial inclusion. Another area that the team is particularly enthused about would be the future of uh, transportation, uh, which continues to offer really interesting opportunities. Um, And we've been researching some of the innovative companies that could help accelerate our transition away from internal combustion engines. And then finally, and and perhaps not the most exciting topic to end on, um, we recently attended a heating, ventilation and air conditioning trade show in Atlanta. Now, HVAC might seem a little bit mundane, but actually, as the need to adapt our holdings to more extreme weather increases, it's really, really essential that we are able to heat, to cool and to ventilate our homes and businesses using efficient and low carbon means. Um, So we're talking to some of the businesses that are really innovating here um, and and we hope that we'll have some identify some interesting investment opportunities in the months and years to come. So really, the research research radar is is firing on all cylinders and it's continuing to lead us to innovative companies, which we hope will be able to address our dual objectives in time. Um, where their growth prospects are driven by their products and services that are providing these solutions to to global challenges. And that includes uh, heating, ventilation and air conditioning. Absolutely, Jock. 
Uh, Diana, thank you so much for that. All that remains for me to do uh, is to thank you, Diana, for your time uh, today um, and for your insights, uh, to thank the listeners for your support. Um, And if you would like to contact us uh, through our webpage, it's www.squaremileresearch.com, or you can email us at info at squaremileresearch.com. This podcast is only aimed at professional advisors and regulated firms and should not be passed on to or relied upon by any other persons. It is not intended for retail investors who should obtain professional or specialist advice before taking or refraining from any action on the basis of this podcast. Remembering past performance is not an indication of future performance. It is published by and remains the copyright of Squaremar Investment Consulting and Research. Squaremar makes no warranties or representations regarding the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. This podcast represents the views and forecasts of Square Mile at the date of issue and may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. Nothing in this podcast shall be deemed to constitute a regulated activity or an invitation or inducement to engage in investment activity, and it is not a recommendation to buy or sell any funds or investments that are mentioned during this podcast. Thank you.